Okay. Is this on? Is it sound? Yeah. This is the one that went uh, wacky Sunday, and so we're trying to see if it got fixed. Um, so you're kind of guinea pigs here tonight. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and start um, <clears throat> with prayer, and then we'll introduce what we're what our study is going to be for a while. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, that you hear and answer prayer. You take care of the, the great things in life and the minute little details. And we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We pray that you would open our minds tonight and help us understand how we are to live in this world we find ourselves in and follow your ways. So, bless, we pray, our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> By your um, vote, we finished the first 11 chapters of Genesis um, before Christmas, and now we're ready to uh, start in on your second highest vote um, voting uh, count, and that's ethics. Okay? Now, unquestionably, um, I've bitten off more than I can chew with that, but ethics is a pretty big subject. Lots and lots of different ways of looking at it. Um, can be pretty controversial, but um, I think that <clears throat> hopefully we can <clears throat> take a good look at it, and I hope you can um, think of questions, and also at the end tonight, I want to try to uh, come up with a few more subjects to, to look at. I want to look, first of, all, first of all, at the whole issue of what are or what is an ethical theory. There are lots of ethical theories. Some of them are very close to biblical, where Christian slash biblical would be its own theory. There are a lot of other theories, and some of them are crazy, but a lot of them are not crazy. And they, they are often used in conjunction with philosophical um, theories. And um, so there's, there's a lot to cover. Anyway, <clears throat> let me start with this. The definition, the word ethics or ethic comes from a word that means either it can mean dwelling or more of a root meaning is stall. And the thinking behind the word is that as a stall gives parameters, uh, safety, security to an animal, the thinking is that ethics, codes of ethics, give safety, restriction, um, stability to 
people, to humans. So that's the root word that, from which we get um, ethics. <clears throat> there are a number of theories of ethics. Ethics is really about determining what is what in the realm of behavior is good or evil, right or wrong, helpful, harmful. Um, and that involves a lot of different routes, theories of how you get to the answer. Is this practice, is this behavior good or bad? Okay. Um, <clears throat> philosophy provides us quite a few religions of all different kinds of religions provide us with ethical codes. Um, generally, the, generally, too, the view is ethics really um, comprise the glue that holds any group to some semblance of agreement and um, shared belief. It, it can be a family unit. Um, I mean, it can be the Moose Club or whatever. Um, it can be, it, it doesn't matter what group. And it can be an entire country, a society, a culture. But shared values are absolutely necessary to the surviving, the survivability of that culture or society, um, to its, well, it's to, to its preservation. You lose, when you lose shared ethical values, uh, it is not possible to remain a cohesive unit, whatever kind of unit it is, all the way from family to country or whatever. And this is precisely what we are seeing in our country today, in not just our country, but all of Western civilization based on Christianity, the Judeo-Christian um, ethics, values, beliefs, as long as those have been shared and have been basically assumed, maybe rarely openly or particularly discussed. We just assume them. The problem is we, we no longer have shared values and ethics they aren't even assumed by a huge number, but by many, they still are assumed. And so we are then shocked, angered, frightened, worried, everything, when we see people react in ways that we know are not our historical shared values. And we are, we have all kinds of emotions and all kinds of reactions. But differing 
ethical values always shred the fabric of any unit. We can't survive with, uh, are you glad you came here tonight? Um, we can't survive if we don't have shared ethical, moral values. We just can't because they divide, because they are um, deeply important. They are not, or shouldn't be, the kind of beliefs that we can just wave, wave them out and make a difference. Uh, they do make a difference, so they separate. <clears throat> um, let's look here maybe next at a couple of types of theories, of eth ethical theories. And um, here's an illustration. I don't know how many of you remember it, and I can't even remember when it happened. But um, maybe somebody can help me here. Lloyd was a butcher, or booker, who was in international waters off of North Korea. He did not go inside the 12-mile limit. Um, and it was a listening ship that he had. I mean, everybody knew what was going on. But anyway, the North Koreans um, captured them and the ship. And I think they held them for, it was a number of months. Does anybody rem remember that and maybe was it during I don't know if that was clear back during Ford or who what president it was but anyway um, they there were I think there were 37 or how many ever um, servicemen you know uh, naval people on board um, and it came down to the threat was we are going to they never did give the ship back but we are going to execute the um, naval personnel if you, the commander, don't sign a statement and make a video um, admission that you are spying, you mean you know, to harm us, you were in our waters, not international waters. Um, and so <clears throat> he ended up signing that. They were all released. Nobody died, okay? That, there's, there's millions of ethical situations daily. That was an ethical situation. Do you tarnish the military? Do you humiliate yourself and the Navy and so forth in the country by admitting to a falsehood, by lying, um, and then does the good that, that resulted, which was no one died and everyone got released, does that justify um, lying and signing a false statement and bringing humiliation on the country, okay? Maybe keep that in mind because there are two ethical norms that conflicted there. One is truth-telling, and two 
is saving of life. Okay? Now, he couldn't know for sure, but the threat seemed both imminent and real that he would, they would be killed. Okay? So, <clears throat> keep that kind of in your mind as one of a billion illustrations of when ethical norms and ethical absolutes conflict. Now, if there's no such thing as ethical absolutes or norms conflicting, we can go home. We really don't need, we just need to know what the norms are and follow them, but there's never going to be an issue where they conflict. But ethical norms do conflict. That's the reason we try to study ethics, to find out what we do when ethical theories and ethical norms conflict. Maybe from one group to another group, which we have in our country today. We have a whole lot of ethical systems and they're, in, they're clashing. How, how do we resolve it? Can we resolve it? Should we resolve it? What do we do? Okay. Now, um, real quick here, and I don't even know if I ought to bring all this, um, but not that you are stupid, it's just, I don't know, I don't even know if I'll remember it by the time we're done. Um, but there, there are either two, depending on who you read and so forth, there are either two, or there are three, or there are four, or there are five, or there are six, and maybe seven, different classifications of kinds of ethical theories. Okay, so let me give you one of six, and then one of that's two. Okay, the first generally accepted um, grouping of theories is goes under the name and um, <clears throat> this thing it's still working but it just doesn't stay on my ear yeah I know it I, but we'll figure another way to fire you but you know I haven't fired her for at least two weeks so <clears throat> okay um, antinomianism is the first one. Now that's a long word that means no law. Okay? Um, meaning there aren't any ethical norms. It's every man doeth that which is right in his own eyes. Okay? Um, it doesn't mean um, against the law, there's just there aren't any. There are no settled objective truths laws by which we should um, behave, okay? Virtually very, very, very few people who are serious, philosophers, even if they're secular, whatever, ever advocate they, that because of chaos. <clears throat> Second one is um, there's only one universal norm or ethical law, and that is called the law of love. Okay? Now, that sounds really good to start with. It's really, it is, and I think a lot of times, anybody here heard of situational ethics? Okay. Situational ethics is often 
misused. It's kind of sometimes used for um, moral relativism. That's really not what it started out to mean. The guy that is credited, if you want to use the term, with starting the, that theory of ethics uh, was a guy named Fletcher, and it was in the 60s, and he's an Episcopal, he was an Episcopal priest, um, liberal um, Episcopal priest. And his teaching was that you should, we love everyone with unconditional love, and the only law that we're to follow is that one that we are to unconditionally love each other no matter what we're doing, no matter what they're doing. Um, I may tell them what I think they should do differently, but it's only if I'm telling them out of love and I'm not judging them or harshly correcting them or anything else, okay? Um, that one <clears throat> is not gone, okay? That, that's around. Um, third, <clears throat> there are many norms, but they never conflict. And there's always a third way to get out of the conflict. Go back to our captive Navy people. The, this theory says that, and it has some elements of Christianity in it or of God, whoever God is to them. But Butcher, the commander, didn't have to choose between lying and saving the lives of his crew. He could, he could do either, but he didn't have to because he could then say, because he was technically, ethically off of the hook because the North Koreans are the ones that took him. And he's not guilty of making a bad choice because he didn't put himself in that situation. And if he was a Christian or believed in any Buddha, I don't care, that, the, that power would take care of things. And so he's excused from the ethical... Um, quandary because it'll get taken care of somehow which is nuts but it's one of the six okay um, there is the the fifth absolute norms and many conflict that's partially true that's a theory that I think we can at least partly buy into there are absolute norms, but they, they can, in certain situations, conflict. Maybe a quick illustration is um, on the edge of the abortion issue. Um, and I don't know what they call it nowadays. I, there's a different name. They used to, when I was a little kid, I'd hear my mom and sisters talking about um, when they were working as RNs tubal pregnancy, okay? I don't know what the name is for it today, but at any rate, somebody's going to die. Um, as far as I know, you have, so saving life is 
a value. Not taking life is a norm, is an ethical norm. In some of those cases, that, that's a conflict. Two um, norms conflict. How do you resolve that? You can't, like the preceding one, just do nothing, I guess. Maybe you could. But at any rate, there are, there are norms, and occasionally those norms will clash. And in what, then what do you do? The, the, set, uh, the sixth theory um, is called hierarchicalism. Okay. Now, hierarchicalism is, I think, will fit well with Christian ethics. Um, it looks at there are norms, but there are higher or lower norms. For instance, a frequently given one, but it's legitimate as an example. The, the smashing in of the door by the Nazis and the question at a gunpoint, are you hiding Jews? You're not supposed to lie. We're supposed to save life. That's now. That's a conflict. But there's a hierarchy there. Saving lives is far more valuable than truth to a Nazi. Who is on um, a depraved errand? I don't owe them anything. I don't owe them the truth. I don't owe them anything. But those, those are conflicts of ethical norms. And we have to have a way uh, to know how to <clears throat> navigate <clears throat> when those come into conflict. Okay? Now, um, those are, that's one whole stream of thinking on how many th different theories of ethical uh, norms there are. Another way to look at it um, is that there are just basically two. And um, one of them, well, to some degree, they are a little bit compatible with Christianity. But this is just two different kinds of ethical norms. One, um, good and right is dependent upon the consequences of as you anticipate of the decision you're going to make, the behavior you're going to engage in. Will this be what one philosopher spoke of, the greatest good for the greatest number of people? So that is sort of end justifies the means, which can easily get off the rails. The other is uh, th that one is duty. You do the duty of the norm of ethics because it will produce greater good for the greater number. The other side of that, the second theory, is the duty is to obey the norms because for duty's sake itself. It's right, therefore I do it. Whether I feel like it, 
whether the end result is good consequences, doesn't matter. Now there is standing up for our faith, standing up for truth, righteousness, and goodness. The outcome may be devastating for us. It may be burning at the stake, okay? It may be a lot of turmoil, but it's true. So I cannot do anything but that. Martin Luther is a good example. When he appeared before the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and representatives from the Pope are there and they had, he's brought in in the morning. Um, he was given one day to consider and this was basically what they told him. Burn all of your works, all of your writings, or we burn you. Okay? And they gave him one day to think it over. And so when he came in in the morning, all of his books were stacked on a table, his pamphlets, his sermons, everything. And they put the same question to him again. And Luther's answer was that it is dangerous to go against your conscience. It's neither right nor safe. And he said, basically, I am captive to the word and I cannot do what you're asking me to do. I will not recant. Here I stand, I can do no other so help me God, okay? Now, that's probably a bit of a paraphrase, but now God bailed him out and um, Duke Frederick, but he was willing to be burned at the stake. That's, that's an ethical, because it's right, regardless of the end. Too many decisions are made on what results will it produce. That's a wrong way to think. You have to stick with what the uh, clearly declared truth is. And in that case, there is no real ethical question. I have to do right. Okay? Now, um, <clears throat> Any any questions or thoughts there on any of that? Yeah. I, I will always go back to the idea that there is, could still be just one ethic. It just we don't know what it is. I mean, I mean, we do. But, you know, Hebrews said it is solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, and <clears throat> the problem with this, another huge ethical issue, um, is how far do you, in, in ethical decisions, allow the, quote, slippery slope to come into the question? The slippery slope thing can go, can drive you insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they want to do that to their own conscience. I mean, mm -hmm. they certainly can. They can slip 
Yeah. Yeah, and and we can't avoid every. There, there. The devil has nothing original. He just perverts and twists what God has created. And so there's always the danger that evil men will misuse freedoms that God's given them and will turn on its head the truths of God. Um, Being then shied away from any decision or behavior because of merely what could happen, the slippery slope thing, to me, it paralyzes you forever. You don't. You can't do anything. Um, and the slippery slope. Get a get a pair of golf shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean. You don't have to go down the slippery slope. So anyway, now um, anything else? I want to give a list, and we may get out of here really early. This is a list, and, and see here, if I got something, yeah, I've got something to write with. This is just an initial list of the kinds of issues, ethical issues, that um, we can cover, and I'm looking for you to help add to this if you have, um, if you can. Uh, one is the Christian, um, yeah, you know what, I forgot, let me back up before I do this. Um, fi- the final kind of ethics is Christian ethics. Christian ethics is based on basically two sources. One, the whole of the both testaments, okay? That's called exegetical, which is to read out of, to draw out truth. Um, what does the Bible say? Now that one, that's a pretty broad subject. But even there, you're going to have, you're going to have conflicts. Paul talked about it in Romans 14. He says some, you, some of you observe Sabbath days differently than others. Some will eat meat offered to idols, uh, some won't. Don't despise him, don't bug him, leave each other alone. You're going to have conflict, okay? Um, <clears throat> the second source, maybe we could say three sources, Scripture. Second, um, the apostolic fathers, the early church leaders. How did they interpret certain verses? How did they... Um, some of the issues that I'll look at here in a moment. How did the early church fathers view Christians participating in civil society, government, and so forth? Uh, they had a lot to say about those, a lot of those kinds of things. So what did the early church leaders? And then um, I think a, not only a return to light, but a brighter light then in some cases even the apostolic fathers is post-reformation protestant reformation thinking Um, so those that's the basis that's the foundation for christian ethics but some of the reasoning and rational aspects of ethics are included in these that may come somewhat from non-believing thinkers Um, but not in every case. Now, um, 
the Christian and self-love. The Bible's very clear that we're to love ourselves. That's a slippery slope, come to think of it. We're to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. So it's clearly assumed that we love ourselves. But what are the parameters of that? How, does, how do we keep from pure narcissism and just consuming selfishness? Um, that's a root issue of understanding how I should behave in this world. <clears throat> Second, Christian's involvement in the state, um, government. What, if any, involvement are we to have? Um, and that's a huge subject. The reason, um, in some cases, now don't think I'm a bad person here. I don't mean this like it might sound. The scripture may, in some cases, not give us too much to go on there. The, not that God stuck to the context of that day, but the day they were living, you don't find democracy anywhere. They didn't have democracy. They had despots, tyrants, monarchs who were despots and tyrants. Um, so, you know, Christians didn't run for dog catcher. Um, they just were doing their best to survive and not be invited to one of Nero's garden parties. Um, so, the context we live in today, a very minor part, a portion of the country, where we can participate, where we even have a right to vote, to voice our opinions, to run for office, do the, that's kind of new ground. And so I think there's, there's some ethical issues we have to do our best to arrive at um, with scripture, reason, so forth. Um, war, what's a just war? What about conscientious objectors? Um, I don't know if any of you read, it's probably been, I don't know, two months ago, not real long ago. There was, um, there were articles that were um, on the news and um, in papers and so forth on Alvin York. Anybody read anything about, you know who Alvin York is? Sergeant York? Gary Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Um, Medal of Honor winner in World War I. Came out of Tennessee, could barely, barely read and write. And just a side note, the denomination that we um, affiliated with here th three years ago now, um, he, that, he, that he was a member of that denomination, the denomination that we're now in. And my father knew Alvin York's pastor. He pastored Alvin York in his last years. And... Um, according to his pastor, he was as solid as a rock Christian. Um, he initially stayed out of the war, or tried to register as a conscientious um, objector. Um, and he got drafted 
and I think the chaplains in the service and maybe his own pastor and some people talked to him. Um, and he ended up then um, th- agreeing that he felt the cause was just and the war was just. And so he ended up, um, he was a champion wild turkey shooter. Okay, And so uh, he put those skills into practice on German. Um, and I can't remember how many he killed and he captured hundreds and they thought they were the Germans thought they were up against a whole whatever lot of soldiers Um, and it was just him but anyway um, what about should he have stuck to his guns Um, that's a ethical issue social responsibility not necessarily am I speaking about participating in government and so forth, but um, food banks, clothing banks, homeless shelters, just helping, helping the poor. Um, and obviously the issue there is how do you determine who's, quote, worthy, or do you even really ask that question? We face that here in the office all the time. We have people come in and um, every one of them have got, it seems like, every one of them have got the most convoluted story um, of why they're in the mess they're in, okay? Um, How do you determine, because we look at it, this is God's money. Faithful Christians gave to, you know, put it into the um, funds here at church. Do we just throw it every which way? No, we try to weigh the issue. We try to discern the, the legitimacy of what they're telling us. Um, we do make use of the Salvation Army here in town. Um, and I don't have any question. We try also... If there's a clear question, we, we try to err on the side of generosity and not, um, you know, being skin flints, okay? In the course of that, I don't have any question that we get, um, we get taken to the cleaners. Um, now, we're careful. We never give people cash. If they say they don't have any groceries, we, we will go either go with them or we'll um, give them a Walmart card that we've got a stack of those and they know down at Walmart or somehow I don't know the card whatever the deal is but they can't buy cigarettes alcohol whatever um, on it so you know we're as careful as we can be um, but those kinds of things arise and you've got you've got conflicting ethical norms stewardship of god's money care for the poor that are in trouble which i mean jesus said a ton about that so did moses so did the old testament and the new so we face that's a little bit of a conflict it's not like taking life or lying or whatever um but we face that kind of conflict what what do we do well we try to err on the side of 
you know, God, here, here's the verses that kind of control me on that. That God, it says, sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. That means he knows exactly what he's doing. A sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without him knowing about it. So he knows if rain's falling on someone's field who hates him and violates his law, has nothing to do with him, and he knows that will benefit them, he does it anyway. He is kind to the thankful and to the unthankful. That kind of helps then in an ethical decision. What do we do there? Um, there's the scripture to tell us what to do. Um, let's see here. So social responsibility, sexual mores, all the junk going on today. Abortion, euthanasia, suicide, capital punishment, um, alcohol, tobacco, drugs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Gambling. I th here's one that comes up a lot in ethical books. Um, the Christian's responsibility to the world, the earth. Now, I'm not into Earth Day. I'm not into climate change. I'm not into Al Gore and John Kerry. Okay, um, two of the most pompous blowhards on the face of the earth. But at any rate, um, this, the climate thing is going to kill us if somebody doesn't get some sense somewhere. I don't know if it's going to happen. But do we as Christians have a responsibility to care for the earth that God built? Yeah. Um, when I first, I was a little kid, I don't remember moving to Eugene, Oregon. Um, but the Willamette River that um, came out of the Cascades and then flowed north half the distance of the state and went in then to the Columbia River was one of the filthiest rivers in the nation. And um, the governor um, of Oregon you know, launched a deal to clean it up. Um, there were pulp mills and all kinds of, you know, you know, the paper mills dumping into the river. Um, anyway, ended it, he ended it in fairly couple years. It was pristine. Fish returned, you know, salmon runs returned. Um, we're not to rape and pillage and scar the earth. We're to be reasonable. We're to, we're to conserve where we can. We're to, but we are to nurture it, really. That's what Adam and Eve were put to, to keep the garden, to till the garden, till the ground, so forth. Um, so I think there's a, there is a responsibility there that, of course, um, is, comes with use. Um, we're to be... Um, conservationists not preservationists okay that make any sense um, but we have a responsibility I don't think a Christian businessman could knowingly pollute rivers um, they used to do in Oregon what they call clear cutting you've never seen you had to live out there and drive through it to see um, when I was pretty young 
just the ugliest landscape you could find. Clear-cutting. It was, you cut every tree down to get to the ones you want, okay? A certain size and so forth. Everything else was just left. Just left. Scrub, junk, growing up, bushes, and not, you know. Um, and it was horrible. I mean, it really looked bad. Worse, um, when I lived in Indiana and I had to go to Ohio, Michigan, West Virginia, to churches I was superintendent over, um, I would go by very small but little strip mines, um, western Pennsylvania and in Ohio. And I mean it looked like, honestly, it looked like the whistle blew and everybody got their last check and the only thing that left was the cars out of the parking lot. They touched nothing else. Trees that big growing up through the cabs of cat, caterpillars. They're just sitting out there. Vines going on all these wires from shovels. Just nuts. Um, horrible. I don't think a Christian should do that. Um, so we have, we have a responsibility that if we read Scripture carefully, we have lots of ethical requirements. Now, um, that's, my, that's the list I wanted to look at over the next however long it'll take us. Any, any thoughts on issues, whatever, that we can add to this list? Because I doubt that this is exhaustive. Nobody? Well, you know, based, based on the Bible, um, ethics goes, you know, beyond what we normally, I think what most of us think of ethics. For instance, you know, what Jesus would say, or God would say, like, love your enemy. That's, a that's an ethical, yeah. That's a Christian ethic, you know. Pray for those who persecute you. That's a Christian ethic. So they go way beyond what non-Christians think even exists. Yeah. Well, we're looking at, we look at all the divisions, moral divisions, uh, ethical divisions in our country today, and there's such open hostility. Um, at some point, you know, w we have to love our enemies. I have thought about this. You look at that awful list that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians. It's a bad list, First um, Corinthians 6. Of all the things he said, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he lists, well, he lists slandering, lying, murdering, homosexuality. In Romans 1, of course, graphic descriptions of um, all of the sexual deviancy. Um, and, it's, and it's also enlarged to like malicious gossips. <laughs> malicious gossips are in the same, same line on the Bible with lesbians, <laughs> okay? Um, we, we like to, you know, we like to thump on the stuff we're not doing. 
Um, but, I mean, it's quite a list. Um, they are militant and hostile. Um, how? But here's the thing that I think about when I read that list. And I see that everywhere. The next verse, after saying, those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, and such were some of you. But you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified through the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus. Okay? Members of that whole list had to have somehow found their way into the house churches or wherever they met in Corinth and received enough of a welcome that they stayed and listened to the gospel and got saved. So, um, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church in Kansas is probably not the way that God would have us behave. Um, okay, other ideas. You now have total control of when you get out. So you can't blame me if you get out late. But it's still only 51. Other, other um, issues that you can think of. Now here's one that just came to mind. Um, and I'm being not serious. Um, Every time I go end up in Oregon for whatever reason, I always see bumper stickers, meat is murder. So maybe we can discuss you know, hunting, things like that, um, eating elk. Um, okay, I'm about to quit with asking for ideas. <clears throat> Yeah, but we can make sure, you know, to look at it individually. So what employee, employer? Yeah. But that is a big issue. Um, there are a lot of issues, by the way, that, you know, I can, I try to remember this too. I don't deal with the things. I deal with things that, Nobody else does, I guess, in the ministry. But there are a lot of things that I don't deal with that you do. I have to, I have to deal with the staff here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, which, you know, used to be like people like Kelly Hamilton, uh, Lori Matheny. You know, I, the burdens I had. Jessica, we haven't gotten rid of her yet. I'm trying to. Um, I don't, I don't face what 99% of you face when you go into the workplace. Foul-mouthed, backstabbing, ladder-climbing nonsense for the whole time you're there. Um, and you get up and face it every morning. That presents itself with all kinds of ethical stuff. Okay. Kind of along those same 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the you know, cake makers who won't bake cakes for gay people, and you know the judge says, "Well, you got to make it anyway." You know, situations like that that are yeah. increasingly coming out. Yes, they are. The Respect for Marriage Act that just passed. Yeah. Yeah, that is a that's a major issue. Um, when is disobedience to laws justified. Um, I think there are times when that gets misused, but when, it, when, when I'm being you know, pressured to go against a clear law of God, the decision is made. I can't do that. Um, there's a difference between virtually all of scripture in the new testament especially and what we deal with today we're used to quote freedom of religion and a quasi christian nation we never faced the kinds of things that the christians in the new testament faced but we're starting to okay anything else all right, let's, um, this thing worked. So, all right, let's bow our heads. We'll pray and be dismissed. Father in heaven, there are a lot of things to think about, and we do look to your word primarily for the answers to how should we live. We're in a fallen world, and you know that, um, nothing in this world is designed to help us draw closer to you. And so, yet we have to live in this world, and it's in this world that everyone lives to whom you send us and who you are trying to reach through us. So we're presented often with difficult situations. Guide us, lead us, help our minds to be full of the word of God and our hearts of your spirit that we might know this is the way, walk ye in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, you are dismissed. <laughs>